South Jersey rules. That's absolutely oh. correct. See, you gotta get the you gotta get the Phillies logos on your uh, on your old on your son's old. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just another reason to love South Jersey. Coming in, c- capturing the gold medals as uh, per usual. So hey. you know, with temperatures this warm, um, what drove that pattern? Yeah. Well, underlying it all, and we've talked about this before, we're working off a higher base, and that's due to human-induced climate change. Seven of the nine warmest Julys since 1895 have been since 2010. Seven of the nine. So that means in the last 11 years, we've had seven of the warmest Julys in 126 years. So that's, that's underlying it. But that doesn't mean every year is the warmest and, right. and then warmer and warmer. So there are other factors that work into this that are part of the natural climate variability. Mm. And, and this year, it was simply a matter of a ridge of high pressure sitting up over a good portion of the United States. Um, and it kept the cool air to the north at bay and it kept pumping warm, moist air up into this region. The warm, moist air kept our temperatures from daily temperatures. We weren't breaking record daily high temperatures, um, but we were breaking a few daily record low temperatures um, because the warmth was held in at night by the moisture atmosphere. So it was a a function of a variety of things, just natural variability with that ridge setting up on top of a climate that is warmer than ever before, just at the base level. And it's always important to talk about the low temperatures because it's anything from your air conditioning bill to, you know, some real health hazards, um, especially if you have no air conditioning. Um, You know, the low temperatures were more like Florida than South Jersey. I've been saying this all last week, you know, last week in July, I was, I had this chart every day that I updated that showed Atlantic City Marina, Margate, as well as Palm Beach, Florida, Kissimmee, Florida, and Big Cypress, which are in the Everglades. Wouldn't you know that when you looked at the month of July, AC Marina and Margate were warmer than Big Cypress in Palm Beach, Florida, and was just shy of kissing me. Now, I was cherry picking, I will say that. There were many warmer places, but just to give you an idea, we were competing with South Florida uh, in South Jersey here when it came to our overnight low temperatures. And here are a couple of stats I was kind of following around. Um, you know, as of the record, as of yesterday, excuse me, I should say as of Monday on the 3rd, we have the longest streak and we're running away with it still with the most consecutive nights above 70 degrees. Uh, that's 18 nights. The record was 14. So we're, you know, we're still extending that. Um, AC Marina's in second place for that. 70 degree low temperatures are more common there. It's practically average at that point. But you know, we're having these warm nights and they're consistently warm. And I mean, I haven't turned off my air conditioner probably in a half a month, you know, and I'm not a big, I don't need air conditioning all year, you know, all summer long, but you know, it's sticky and, you know, and it's warm like that, you know, it just, it does, you you need the AC on if if you have the air conditioning. So I just thought that was an interesting uh, weather tidbit. And you make a point that with the elevated nighttime temperatures, when you are relying on a fan or goodness, if you don't have a fan, you don't get a chance to, I like to say, catch your breath. Yeah. Think of it another way. Your air conditioning system doesn't have a chance to, you know, to calm down right. and 
take a break as well. Yeah. So that's going to put a greater strain on those systems as well. Clearly, human health is the greatest concern. Yeah. But it could feed back into a health issue if your cooling systems don't have a chance to get a bit of a break. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll see how long that, that streak goes into as we go into August. Happy August, everybody. It's meteorologist Joe Marducci. This is our Something in the Air podcast. Join with me as we do on the first Wednesday of every month is New Jersey State Climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson. Dr. Robinson, you got those New York Yankees signs up above you there. What's, uh, what's going on? Uh, well, it's, it's my son's former bedroom, and I'm just camping out in there today. Um, and uh, he was the Yankee kid when he was growing up. I'm still a Yankee fan, despite the fact he lives in Maryland now. Um, and uh, we've just not redone the room since then. Right. Well, you're making it sound like he's the only Yankee fan in the family. You are as well. Well, no, I totally brainwashed him. Into oh, okay. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, if you ask my 19-month-old grandson down there, uh, if he would ever root for the Red Sox, he smiles and shakes his head <laughs> like this. So he it's really precious. brainwashed him. Absolutely precious. My son's already brainwashed him. And, you know, <laughs> my dad brainwashed me watching, telling me about Babe Ruth, and I talk about Mickey Mantle, and my sons talk about Derek Jeter. So, and, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's all wonderful family tradition. And, you know, so many of us have that with our favorite teams. And I think baseball more than anything. Uh, brings that out in people. Yeah, I would agree. I think when people think of baseball, it's almost poetic, you know, right? Oh, yeah, the history of the game. And of course, we climatologists deal with numbers all the time. So you'll find a lot of climatologists are big sports fans, particularly baseball fans, because we just love numbers, statistics, and records and yes. things like that. Are you, a, are you an advanced stats guy? Do you like all the uh, all the crazy stats? The, the cybernetics? No, not not as much. I know most of them. Um, let's just uh, talk about. Can we talk about climate change and those low temperatures as well? I know we touched on the warming climate in general, but do you have any any numbers on that in New Jersey, or at least just tell us what the overall trend has been across the the globe or the northern hemisphere? Oh yeah, I mean we we're warming uh, quite a bit every month of the year in New Jersey's warming, um, some more than others. Um, your, your shoulder seasons of the winter, your Decembers and Februarys and March, warming more than January. But what's really caught my eye in recent years is the way the summer conditions are warming. Now, the numbers don't jump out as much because summer climate variability is a little narrower than in the winter. So a four-degree anomaly in temperature in the summer is the equivalent of, say, eight degrees in, in the winter. So it really doesn't look as big on paper, but statistically, it's really significant. And, and the one thing we haven't talked about yet that really catches my eye in recent years, again, it's not the torrid 100-degree days we're seeing more often. It is the warmer nights, but it's the persistence. And you've heard me say that. Yeah, I know. We've talked about it at nauseum, but go ahead. Go ahead. We'll say it again. It, well, it is nauseating sometimes. I mean, it's just persistent. 
It just, you can't catch that break, be it at night or with your daytime temperatures. You know, the only breaks we got this past month was occasionally the air would dry out for a couple of days and then in would come the humidity again. Yeah. But it's the persistence that we started in, in June this year after a bit of a respite in April yeah. and May. And it was the 10th warmest June. Now we had the hottest July. We're starting off August and it looks by all all the evidence suggests it's going to be a warm August. And I just bet you that's going to translate into a warm September that we've seen so often. Yeah. So it's persistence and, and we're expanding the warm season. What's going on in August? I know you got Rutgers starting back up in a mostly online format. We have the state climate office. Maybe you're going away somewhere. What's going on in August? It, it, it doesn't look like much of a vacation this year. Uh, a lot going on in the office. Um, network is still humming along. Um, we're actually thinking, hoping to add a station down there in Tuckerton pretty soon. Very cool. We'd love to have more stations along the coast. Um, we're adding, I think in the last week, five Kokoraz observers have signed on from different corners of the state. Because um, National Weather Service did a little promotion for us, of which we're tremendously grateful. Um, and then, yeah, comes the semester and uh, a strange way of teaching again my climate course and a, a seminar for incoming students who uh -huh. aren't going to be incoming, but they're going to be coming, I suppose. Is that a, uh, a burn seminar? Yeah, it's called a burn seminar. Yes. And, uh, for the uh, non-Rutgers people, that was, I think it started my freshman year. It hasn't been, maybe I started 2009. I think it was around then where it started. But uh, it's a pretty, it's pretty cool. I did one on, oh God, it was something New Jersey related. It wasn't with you though, but it was, um, we hiked the Delaware Raritan, uh, was it the Canal Trail over there? Yep, um, yep. But what, what's your class on? This year, it's going to be on the Raritan Basin. Oh, okay. Basin. I've done that several times. Usually I do something called New Jersey's climate from polar bears to palm trees. <laughs> so you put a clever title on it and the students Good get interested. And you get to meet wonderful first-year students. I have one from my class last fall who is doing a sophomore honors project with me. Another one's becoming a geography department major. And I've, I've had WebEx meetings with each of these young ladies this summer. So we've okay. stayed in touch. We can go to njweather.org or njclimate.org. Um, you can get our climate or with njweather, you can get right to our weather network. Wonderful. And hopefully we'll get that Tuckered in station up uh, soon so we can get some more uh, South Jersey coverage. So well, we've, got, we've got good coverage in South Jersey. We do, you do. You do. Absolutely. Uh, I still like, you know, that Ocean City gauge, I feel like it doesn't always report. And now I'm getting off, off a little bit. But the, you have one in Ocean City, right? No, we don't. That's at the little airport there. It's, it's a National Weather Service FAA, I guess. Oh, okay, okay, okay. One. And yeah, it's a little quirky. It doesn't no, always show up on the map. Yeah, that's not part of our network. Gotcha. All right. Well, there we go. I'll end, uh, I'll end on that note here. But uh, hope everybody has a, a, a safe and a hopefully storm-free rest of August. Uh, we're going to have another guest for you the third Wednesday of August. Um, and then we'll be back eh, sometime around Labor Day. We'll do a summer wrap-up. We'll uh, 
Hopefully not to talk about too much tropical weather, but uh, we'll see what happens. So this is Something in the Air podcast brought to you the first and third Wednesdays of the month by the Press of Atlantic City. I'm meteorologist Joe Marcucci. He is New Jersey State climatologist Dr. Dave Robinson. We'll be back with you shortly. Until then, stay safe and take care. nomenclature but I don't, I don't pay heavy attention to it i got you well you know it's good to have it's good to have sports back i know it's cliche i mean to have five hockey games on on a saturday and then you have basketball and baseball and hot soccer at the same time i mean it's 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 the sports uh um what they call it the sports eclipse you know that happens sometimes during the fall we're getting this for like three months in a row you know and granted the nfl will start so we'll see what happens by the time we get to the next um, you know, month here, but all right, let's, let's jump into it because we got a lot to talk about. I have this list of notes here. This is a fairly long yeah. list because there was a lot that happened in South Jersey. So I'm going to name it real quick. And then I want you to tell me what you'll remember most. So we had on the first of the month, we had severe weather on the sixth of the month. We saw more severe weather. We had tropical storm Fay, which I know we're recording this the day after Isaias. Many of you are probably saying what was Fay, but we had tropical storm Fay. Um, then we had record warm, um, a record warm July in a few different um, areas here, or at least near it. So what stood out most to you before we dive into this, really? I really think you have to go with the fact that July of 2020 was New Jersey's hottest month of any month in the last 126 years of record. Uh, it broke the previous statewide record warm month which was a tie between July of 1955, July of 1999, and July of 2011. It broke it. The numbers aren't final yet, but it's going to be by three or four tenths of a degree, which is pretty significant. So we're going to finish the month a little over four degrees above normal. So when you break an all-time record high for a, mo for a month, and it's the hottest month of the, of the year climatologically, that's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. The heat is something I think we've all dealt with this month. And we had over half the days at Atlantic City International Airport over 90 degrees, which is, you know, how we classify heat waves here, um, you know, in New Jersey, at least from a weather perspective. So, you know, what we'll do is I want to talk about the tropical storm first. Um, usually we talk about temperatures, then go into the rain. But let's just start off with that because it's not every day we get a tropical system. And it's really... Definitely not every day we get a landfalling tropical system. Tropical Storm Fay was the 10th landfalling storm since 1900 in South Jersey. It made landfall uh, just on that southern part, tip of LBI, right in that water over there as it made its way ashore. Um, and we'll come to that location in a little bit. But it brought three to five inches of rain in Cape May County and over two inches to every Cocoa Ross site in our four-county region. So Southern Ocean, Atlantic, Cape May, Cumberland. Uh, we had a lot of flooding pictures from this, um, you know, especially down the shore. So, you know, when it, my first question to you is, you know, when you look at tropical systems over time, you know, where does this rank in terms of severity here? We really, if you could script a tropical system, this is about the best you could do 
because there wasn't a major storm surge, there wasn't major river flooding, and there was not significant wind damage. And it came at a time when we were drying out quite a bit. So that rain in the two to four inch range was liquid gold for the farmers, for the watersheds, and so on and so forth. So it was a very well-behaved tropical system. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Very well-behaved. Um, like I said, I think some of us even forget that we had a tropical storm during the, uh, during the month of July. And of course, Isaias, which just came through and brought more damage. Um, you know, uh, the only time, or I don't want to say the only time, but we had two within 30 days. And that's pretty special in and of itself. And, and, and that Isaias wasn't as well behaved. No, it was definitely not as well behaved. And we're picking up the pieces. This is August 5th. Lots of people still without power. We had over a million uh, New Jersey customers without power. And actually, AC Electric just told us uh, today, Dr. Robinson, it was the fourth most significant power outage event in their um, record keeping. And that was, um, we had um, Sandy, of course, the derecho in 2012, so two in 2012. And then in 2015, there was a line of severe weather that passed through in June. That was a bow echo that moved through. Um, that, northern half of the state got nothing. Southern half, yeah, I think you were just going to say that. No, no, uh, that was the uh, the night we were having the icebreaker for the American Association of State Climatologists annual meeting in Cape May that I was hosting. Uh, and what an interesting icebreaker to have that come through. Yeah. So I was, there. I was in South Jersey and experienced that. And a lot of my colleagues from around the nation were very impressed or delayed getting into Cape May that evening. <laughs> Well, I'm glad they got a, uh, you know, New Jersey can bring some uh, wonderful weather, but, you know, we get our share of severe weather too. No, you know, no offense to the Kansas and Oklahoma people. Well, yeah, we, we can, we can do our part here. And I say that sarcastically, of course, we don't want the uh, death and devastation that, you know, sometimes happens with this. Um, let's just talk about the, the landfall of Faye. Like I said, it made landfall, it was kind of just south of Holgate and landfall is maybe a loose word. It made its way into New Jersey waters, kind of between Brigantine and Holgate here. And, you know, when you look back at our tropical systems with an asterisk, because I'm going to include Sandy here. Yeah, Tropical Storm Irene, Brigantine, Sandy, literally Brigantine again. And this one, I thought it was going for Brigantine, but it went just a little bit north, like not even 10 miles away. So is it just a, a factor of tropical fate? Um, or is it just a coincidence? Like, I don't know, like, you, can you make some sense into this? Yeah, I mean, you even had that vagabond storm back in, what was it? I never 1908, remember. 1908, I think. Or 1903. 1903, it might be 03. Was AC. Uh, no, I think a little of it's just luck of the draw. <laughs> but if you look at the geometry of, of the Jersey coast, you know, the, the southern coast kind of goes southwest to northeast, and then it makes it right a turn once you get up to LBI and north of there, and it goes more north to south. And I, so I think that kind of opens up a storm for coming in there, just like where, where landfall is made by ECESIS down in North Carolina. They get hit a lot because if you look at a map, that part of North Carolina sticks out a little bit. Yeah. So it's, more su it's much more subtle here in Jersey. And of course, it's nothing like Long Island or out on the Cape, sure. southeast New England. But that might have a little something to do with it. 
right. Yeah, a little, little geography, geometry boost, as you said, uh, you know, helping out. But it's just crazy. I mean, it's like Tropical Alley over here <laughs> over the past 10 years. Yeah, and like you said, I, the Vagabond Storm as well. And you had Irene there too. Yeah, Irene. Yeah, right. Irene, Sandy, and Faye. Absolutely. Um, so we're on pace for a record-breaking Atlantic hurricane season. Um, you know, we are ahead of the 2005 season. And what I will say, you know, we haven't had the significant storms that we had in 2005. That was Katrina's year, you know, and I believe everyone remembers that. So we're not dealing with these massive storms, but we're dealing with a lot of them. And we're about, um, you know, when Isaias became a tropical storm, we were about 10 days ahead of 2005, which was the record. So, you know, we go into our Greek letters if we run out of right. uh, English letters, you know, for this. So anyway, you know, what I want to know is from a climate perspective, right? This is something that, that we study. What, what does climate change tell us about hurricane season here in the Atlantic Ocean Basin, if anything? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's an, first of all, it's an area of very active study. So there's no definitive results here. But the more recent studies are suggesting that we won't necessarily have more tropical systems in a climate warmed world, but those systems may, that do uh, mature will be stronger and may mature faster. Um, so giving you less warning, they may kind of rev up quickly. Um, you've got warmer and being that the waters are warming, they may retain their strength further up the coast, mm -hmm. which is a concern for the mid-Atlantic. We're not going to get into a point where they start forming off the east coast of New Jersey. Right. Um, you know, Faye was down in North Carolina off the coast. Yeah. Um, but they'll, they may sustain, sustain themselves a little further north. So right now it looks like not necessarily more storms, but... Those that do um, mature will be stronger and may do so very quickly. Got it. And we kind of saw that a little bit with Isaias because it was a tropical storm. And then right before it came to North Carolina, it strengthened the maximum sustained wind, strengthened 20 miles an hour, and then made its way in. Um, not saying that that's attributed to it or not. We, we don't know that just yet, but you know, just using your case in point. Well, it, it hit very warm waters once it got away from the Florida coastline and the influence of land. It hit those warm waters, and that really helped to fire it up again. Yeah, yeah. That was the second time it was a hurricane. Once it got across um, Dominican Republic and, and the southern Bahamas, it, was a it became a hurricane. Yep. Then it weakened because of shear in the atmosphere. The shear relaxed. It hit warmer waters and it hit a broader area of water off the Car South Carolina, Georgia coast. Mm -hmm. And it was enough to, to, yeah, to ramp it up again. Sure. Let's, uh, let's switch gears over to severe weather. Sometimes they go hand in hand, like we saw with Isaias, but um, where we had two tornadoes in New Jersey, but let's just talk about July. So that there was um, two events that really stood out here in South Jersey. The first one was on the 1st of July. And this one was, was interesting and notable because it was a hailstorm. And, you know, we don't, first of all, we don't see that much hail in New Jersey. And when we do, we're talking about your pea or nickel-sized hail. But in the Petersburg section of Upper Township in Cape May County, we had one and three-quarter inch in diameter hail that's pretty good sized hail. And in fact, that was the largest hailstone reported since 2008 in the county. And for our press of Atlantic City area, the largest hailstone since 2014. 
Um, then we went just five days later and we had another round of severe weather that brought significant shore flooding. Um, and we had, uh, we saw this video together. I mean, two, maybe three water spouts in one frame just off the coast of Stone Harbor. Um, that must've been a wild sight to see in person. And we had a funnel cloud in Buna. So really, I'm just going to throw it back to you. Is there anything else you wanted to add about it? You know, anything else significant that, that maybe I missed here? No, it was just a tremendously active month. Um, and, and witness the fact it was very wet, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk yeah, about we'll in a little while. Um, there was a lot of moisture in the air. There was a lot of warmth. Um, those are the ingredients to fire up some significant storms. You have the triggers come in in the atmosphere, and uh, you know it just became tremendously dangerous situations on multiple occasions with the heavy rain, and that was very impressive hail, uh, and the damage it did to crops, for instance. Yeah, uh, wasn't a big footprint. Hail usually isn't. It doesn't have a big footprint, but where it strikes and when it's that large, it, it it's devastating. You know. At, out in Denver and down in Dallas, they've had billion-dollar hailstorms over the last couple decades. Mm. There's been a couple storms like yeah. that. Um, so we see the the baby hailstorms. Yeah. Um, and even when we get one like this, um, it's rare and, and kind of small in dimensions. Yeah, sure. And you know, let's go over to the rain because with the hail came the rain, you know, on the first, and then we had mainly rain on the sixth. So, you know, looking at the month as a whole, um, where do we end up? And I'll just say this for some context. We did a fade come through. So that did bring inches of rain to the area. So that always gets factored in, but just kind of tell us where we're at in drought status as well. Yeah, um, statewide, it was the 15th wettest July. But that doesn't tell the whole story for, for your area because South Jersey was the wettest and actually ranked 10th. Uh, the average for all throughout South Jersey was 7.35 inches. Mm. Um, that's a little more than three inches above average. Right. And, and it, so it wasn't all Fay. Yeah. Uh, Fay was maybe 30, 40, some places 50% of that. But it certainly wasn't all Fay. Um, so it proved to be uh, a, a very wet one, particularly for southern New Jersey. Let, let me ask you this, and I'm, I'm kind of going to come out of left field a little bit. So if you don't have the answer, no problem. But when you're looking at those ones that were above the 10th, you know, or one through nine, were, did they all have some kind of tropical influence to them? Do you, do you know off the top of your head? Or do you think, is it possible to get that much rain in a month without a tropical system? It, it, it is. And I tell you the truth, I would doubt most of those above it were associated with okay. a named tropical system because we haven't had that many named tropical systems in July historically. Uh, so I, I think there would just be uh, just an abundance of squall lines, thunderstorms. But I, I wouldn't be surprised that there are a couple tropical downpours in there as well. Yeah, and we should mention too, I mean, this is, again, August 5th when we're recording. We're not even at the peak of tropical season yet. You know, we're, we're, ju we're just starting to climb that curve up, you know, at this point. We're still a month away. It's the second yeah. week of, of September is, is the peak of the tropical season. So, low, and remember Sandy was you know, at the tail end in late October. Uh, you know, 
I'm the, I shouldn't smile when I say this because there's a lot of season to go. Yeah. Doesn't mean we're going to see another tropical system here in the mid-Atlantic. Um, but would I be surprised to see another one? No, no, not at all. <laughs> you know, three, and I, I have, I don't know, do you know if we've ever had three either close brush buys or definitely no landfalls, but three close brush buys in one year? I'd have to do some number, you know, look at some historic side. It depends how you de define it. Uh, I can't imagine we won't have another one that will bring some precipitation into here or some dangerous surf if it goes further out to sea. Sure. Um, you know, when you have more, I, I like to say, when you are forecasting more storms and you have more storms, it's very difficult to know where they're going to go. But it certainly is going to got to increase your odds that you're going to be affected by one if you double the number of average storms. Sure, sure. All right, so here's what we'll do. We're going to take a brief break. We're going to have just one commercial for you. We'll be back on the other side, and then we got a lot of heat to talk about, too. This is Something in the Air podcast. And we're back with you here. This is our Something in the Air podcast. We're recapping this jam-packed month of july which brought everything from tropical storms to severe weather to heat and lots of it and record-breaking heat and we're going to talk about it now we talked about it briefly but as you said the warmest month on record was just this past july so you know obviously we're first um just give us a breakdown of what drove this record-breaking pattern if you can say that number again what the av what the temperature was for the month as well that'd be great yeah, statewide, the average was 78.8 degrees. Uh, that's 4.2 degrees above normal. Now, South Jersey from Mercer, Middlesex, Monmouth, South, except just along the coast, it was 80.0, which is 4.3 above. Gotcha. In How about the coast? Number Sorry, one. Cut the, co the coast was actually 79.9, which is 4.6 above normal. So they were the greatest, and of course the, the the warmest. Yeah, actually, North Jersey was only tied for the second warmest July. Bummer. Uh, 